Jesus, you're the, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. You're the only sacrifice that was worthy to redeem us, to pay for our sins. And that's what you did. And God, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that you did that. That you sent your only son as a worthy sacrifice for us. God, your word tells us to be holy as you are holy. God, this morning, every one of us in here knows that that we have a long way to go. But God, we're thankful, those of us that are in Christ, that we put on Christ's righteousness. That when you see us, you see your son, you see righteousness, you see holiness. God, that humbles us. God, I pray that you would speak to us this morning. God, as we seek to extol you, as we seek to humble ourselves before you. Holy Spirit, that you would take your word, you would mold it into our minds. God, I would pray that you would create unity in this body. That we would operate as the bride of Christ, the body of Christ, as one man, one body, under one spirit, under one head. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Oh. Well, good morning. My name is Chris Richards. I'm one of the pastors here at Windsor Community Church. And this is part two of Vision Sunday. And so we're going to play a little game to start with. This game is called Name That Tune. All right, you young, you young people have no idea what that is. And you old people are scared because you think I'm going to sing. Don't worry. Here's the tune. Raise your hand if you know what it is. Oh, come on. All right, let's try it again. All right, you people are asleep. Is this just not going to work? All right, you can't hear that? Take me out to the ball game. Here, watch. Do you see what happened, though, in your head? As soon as I told you what the song was, right away you went, "Mm, mm, 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 mm," as I was tapping it out, didn't you? That's why we do vision. As we all understand what the vision is, then as things happen in the next five years, you go, oh, I see what you're doing. Oh, I see what Windsor Community Church is doing. But if you don't know it, if you don't hear it, then all the time you see these things happening, but you don't see how it fits in the picture. So you think, well, what are you doing? Now, those of you who have been around a while, you know that I have a tendency of being a a bit of a fly-by-the-seat-of-your-pants guy. And so, when I hold a document in my hand that says five years anything, 
It makes me a little nervous. Makes me a little nervous. But as we move forward with this, we're all going to know what Windsor Community Church is going to look like in the next five years. Where has God called us to attach to his kingdom and do his work in Windsor, Colorado? So first we have to kind of understand the tagline. The tagline that we have for our five-year vision is going deeper and reaching farther. You've heard it said over and over and over. And this is something we ought to be just about all able to, to quote now. We should be able to quote our mission statement. And we should be able to quote our tag value or the, the tagline for our vision. And, you know, if you want to throw in the core value, you should be able to quote all those too. But the tagline going deeper and reaching farther really are two sides to the same coin. And as you, as you study through this, you think, well, okay, without going deeper in the Lord, you have really no ability to reach anything. You don't have any, you're just doing things in the flesh and that's not going to work out. It's just a lot of good things that you end up doing. But in the end, your goal in your, in your good works is to magnify the Lord. That's your motivation. What I do, I do so that it magnifies the Lord. So it glorifies the Lord. And I can't do that. If I'm not being intimate with Christ, because what I end up doing is just being a good humanitarian. I can do a lot of good things, but the motivation isn't the same. And so you have two sides to the same coin here. In order to reach farther, you got to go deeper. But let's look at it the other way. If all you're doing is sitting saying, I'm going to I'm going to be with the Lord, I'm going to be kind of a I'm going to go and hide out in a cave. And I'm going to read my scrolls and I'm going to pray and that's all I'm going to do. Well, there's a whole piece of your life that's missing. That thing about exercising your spiritual muscle, a thing about being used by the Lord. And James puts it perfectly. While I was going through the court, where I was going through the mission statement, one of the things I had to do was just go read the whole book of James. And so I just sat down one morning and read the whole book of James and said, yep, going deeper, reaching farther is what the book of James is about. It really is where you have you have your faith without works is is dead. Now, we all know that it isn't the works that gets us into heaven, but the works are a manifestation of what's going in in our heart. What it says is, because I love Jesus, I have a motivation to do these things. And so out come these things. It's like pouring hot water through a pipe, right? The outsides of the pipe get warm. The verse I put there, uh, James 2.2, if you look that up, the right before James 2, excuse me, 2.22, it's talking about Abraham, and it says, you know, Abraham, when he did this act of, of going to sacrifice his son Isaac, it says his faith and his works were, they were working together. They were two sides to the same coin. His faith produced this work. This trust in God, and it was accredited to him as righteousness. It was accredited to him as righteousness. So the verse says, you see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. And we know what that means is, it showed that his faith was there. 
So going deeper and reaching farther. I want to read. In our community group, we're going through this book called The Gospel Primer. And there's a section in here called A Heart for the Lost. And, and, and this guy puts this beautifully. He starts off by saying, The more I rehearse and exalt the gospel truths, the more there develops within me a corresponding burden for non-Christians to enter into such a blessing. He goes on to say, in Romans 5, and this is a great exercise to do, during, while we were going through this piece of the book, we said, let's go through and read Romans 5, 6, 7, 8, and 9, over and over and over again, until we meet again. And so I did that a couple of times, and there really is a very interesting progression here. It says, in Romans 5, Paul exalts his righteous standing before God. In chapter 6, he speaks of the freedom from sin which Christ has accomplished in the lives of believers, the freedom that Paul later confesses he had not fully realized. He goes on then from chapter 6 or chapter 7. Nonetheless, coming to chapter 8, he recounts the fact that there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. He goes on and on and on. And then he gets to chapter 9 and listen to this. What effect do such gospel meditations have upon Paul? This is the going deeper part. As we meditate on that gospel, we're getting more of the gospel into us. We're reaching deeper into our relationship with Christ. What effect do such gospel meditations have upon Paul? What emotions do they produce in him besides the obvious joy he feels while reciting them? Paul bears his soul at the very beginning of chapter 9. Chapter 9 starts this way. I have great sorrow, he says. An unceasing grief in my heart. For I could wish myself were accursed, separated from Christ, for the sake of my brethren, my kinsmen, king, kinsmen according to the flesh. He goes through all of this gospel that's just rich, and he's meditating on that, and all the depth that he has in Christ. And the next thing on his mind is, oh, there's so many people that don't know Jesus. I'd wish myself accursed. I wish I could go and just whatever to bring them into this joy that I have. And so when we get a, a feeling for what going deeper and reaching farther means, for a gospel-centered church, it means this. As, as we're bringing the gospel truths into us deeper and deeper, as we're becoming equipped, as we're being trained, as we're speaking the gospel to each other and we're growing, what's happening is we have this elevated desire... To see our neighbors come to Christ, to see our town come to Christ, to see our nation come to Christ, to see ourselves praying for the unchurched all over the world, to see the 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 persecuted church and those saints that are out in the world doing all these things, to see God's glory and God's kingdom just spread. That's what happens when the gospel gets a hold of your life. But you got to have both. As you go deeper with Christ... That manifestation becomes a reality in your life and you have to go out. So in the picture that I hope you see, there's these arrows that go both directions. Right? You're getting into the gospel deeper and deeper and deeper. And as that happens, your desire to take that gospel to your neighbors, to your friends, to your coworkers, to your families, to your town, gets greater and greater. Now there's one piece... That 
I just had to throw in here because there's an understanding that as a church body, we're going to plan things. We are going to create environments based on our core value. And, and Dan's message last week was great as he went through the different core values and how it is we developed this vision. And we developed the vision from our mission statement, what our core values are, and the body parts that God has made Windsor Community Church out of. And so we look at that and we say, okay, God, what is it you're doing? And then we plan what the next five years should look like. But in that, there's an interesting piece. Just like spiritual things are spiritually discerned, spiritual growth is not something that can come out of a program. It's not something that can be planned. And so though we can create these environments and we can set this plan, what we need, or the the missing ingredient in that, is all of the body parts responding to that. And here's a couple of examples. Core value. Our core value is that we encounter God in His Word. And this morning, a lovely young lady brought this to me. And it blessed me, so I have to share it. A few weeks ago in Sunday school, we handed out a reading list. And this reading list has different reading sections from the Old Testament, every part of the Old Testament, the historical, the poetic, the, the uh, prophetical, and then the New Testament, historical, Pauline in general. And so wanted to get them just kind of a smearing of all the different parts of Scripture. Do you notice all the check marks? We can hand out a reading list, but we can't make anybody read it. We can hand out a reading list, but we can't give anybody a desire and a hunger for God's word. So we can plan things like reading lists. We can plan things like Sunday morning services and preaching the word and teaching and and financial peace university where we're teaching about God's stewardship and finances. And we can plan all of these great events. But not one of those events can guarantee a changed heart. And so we pray for that. You plan the events, you plan the environments, you pray for effect because only God can orchestrate the affairs of men and change men's hearts. And it's our desire as a church that all of us are growing in Christ. That every day you wake up closer and closer and closer to Lord Jesus Christ. And only the Holy Spirit can do that in your life as you're seeking Him. And so I just had to throw that piece in there because... What's required of this plan is that the body parts fit into it. As you learn what your giftedness is, what your manifestation of the Spirit is, the very grace that God has given you, we trust that you're operating in that. And so as we go through these different key points of what our vision is for the next five years, what makes this thing work is that the body parts of Windsor Community Church find where they fit into it. That's what makes this work. So the five focus areas for the next five years. Some of you may have uh, gotten the brochure as you walked in. If not, there's some brochures out on the table that'll go through this. And I'm going to go through these things, and, and I've shortened some of the language so they fit on the slides. And so I'll be talking about some of them 
The, the document that has this written in it is sitting outside the door. Some of you may have got it. Uh, that'll go through the actual details of these pieces. Okay, the five focus areas. One, care for and equip the body. Now, if you're following along in one of those brochures, these are going to be in a little different order. Care for and equip the body. Encourage a missional lifestyle. If anybody were to just drop into Windsor Community Church at any time, these are the things that they should be able to talk to anybody and just see right away. Oh, I follow this guy around for a day and I see what the body parts of Windsor Community Church are about. We're going to be moving into a new facility. Expand training, sending, and supporting capacity. And then sharpen our focus on world missions. Now, here is an exciting piece for me. The way I read things, I go over them with three different colors of pen. You probably can't see that from here anyway. But I've dug through this, this vision statement so many times that things are starting to float up out of it. And I am, I got so excited this week the last time through because I pulled out some pieces that I thought, whoa, our church has got it. We're right where the Lord has us. Watch this. There are three words that come out of every single bullet point. Now, I may not say them all right, and so some of the bullet points might be missing it, but I, I doubt it. I'll probably get them in there. Every single one of these five pieces have this, these three words listed in there somewhere. One of the words is gospel. In everything that we do, in every focus that we do, the gospel is center to that bullet point. Even when you read, you go in and read the paragraph underneath moving into a building. Why do we want to move into the building? Because it's a tool. We'll talk about that later. And it's a tool that we can make a redemptive relationships out of and yada, yada, yada. The gospel is center to every single one of these five focus areas. The next thing is equipping. Equipping is in every single one of them. At every level of our vision statement, we see equipping the body. And then last, you'll see the whole thing is just slathered with prayer. Because there's no question that God is calling this body to a deeper place in prayer. Even though we have no idea what it all looks like. But you see, beginning of service, people praying. You see, the ladies are gathering to pray for very specific needs and specific things in the body. We have this prayer request box and... and and prayer requests are going out multiple times a week and people are gathering to pray in the mornings and the evenings. This church is becoming a praying church. And so when we said the body parts that God brings, that's something that we looked out in the body and said, wow, that's something God is definitely moving in. So prayer is another thing. Now here's the interesting part. You take those first two, that's the Great Commission. Gospel and equipping. Go into all the world, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded. When I saw that come out of this mission statement, I just got goosebumps. I thought, that's it. We're on it. We're on it. We, Windsor Community Church is about the gospel. It is about the Great Commission. In everything that we're going to do for the next five years... The Great Commission just flows out of it into Windsor and beyond. Caring. Let's start with the first one. Caring and equipping the body. 
Look for these three words in each of these bullet points or in each of these slides. Now, again, in order to fit things on the slides, I needed to redo some of the words. And so as we go through these, there is a document that, that does it all. So I'll add a number of things to it. It's going to seem a bit like a laundry list, but put on your thinking caps because what we want is the spirit of this so that at any time when somebody asks you, what's your church about? What did your church do here? What did your church do there? You'll be able to explain it to them. First one, encourage and equip every believer to pray and to seek God. We are desperate on the Holy Spirit. And I'm glad this is, this is a pinnacle first thing to put on there. Without the Holy Spirit, we don't grow. And we know that we're desperate on the Holy Spirit. And so one of the things that we want to encourage every believer to do, you're having a quiet time, you're praying, you're seeking God for every decision in your life and in your ministry. That's a place we're going to put energy. We're going to build up our life-equipping forums. What those are is classes on marriage, on finances, on parenting, on relational evangelism. Do you see the word equipping here? Continue to prioritize the essentials class because it, we believe that that thing creates a unity in the body so that everybody kind of knows where Windsor Community Church stands on these essential issues. Invest in men. This is one we had a whole lot of dialogue on. Oh, can we just put that bullet out there all by itself? Just invest in men. And every one of us said, yep. Because we truly believe you win the men, you win the family. And in America today, that's a difficult, that's a difficult proposition. And we really believe that we need to invest in men. And I'm not, I'm going to say it a little bit this way and, and send Pastor Dan email if you don't like it. <clears throat> that women, you women have a general tendency to, to meet together and to be relational and to share just gospel things together. It's, it's almost a natural outflowing of who you are. It happens. And as you go through churches in America, you'll see a lot of strong women groups all over the place. In fact, even running the churches. Where are the men? Instead, you go to the Christian bookstore and you find books like Why Men Don't Go to Church. How to Get Men in Church. Right? There's just something that's naturally something about the church. And so there needs to be a special effort put there so that men understand we're to lead, we're to be godly, and God is going to hold us accountable for what he's called us to. And so we need to invest in men. Cultivate a passion for the mission that Jesus has given each one of us. Encouraging every person to see themselves as missionaries, to their families, neighborhoods, workplace, and sphere of influence. This is that word, missional. Now, those of you who read Christian literature, missional has this bad connotation now for something. It's a great word. When we see ourselves on mission for Christ, Jesus asked them, so who do you say I am? And, and Peter said, well, you're, you're the Messiah. You're the Christ. Jesus said, yes. Now let me give you a mission. I'm going to build my church on that. Gates of hell aren't going to prevail against it. We're to go. We're, we're ambassadors of Christ. He's given us a mission. And that mission is to see his kingdom flourish. 
And so having a missional lifestyle, that's something that we're going to encourage. How do we do that? There's an entire bullet point for encouraging a mission, missional lifestyle. Because that's something that we think is in the DNA of this body. That we love our neighbors. That we're about seeing God's kingdom grow. It's not about religion. It's not about coming here and checking the box. It's about seeing the kingdom of God growing. Strengthen the community group ministries by providing training. We had our first community group leaders training this. Let's see, we're already in the spring, whenever it was, last fall, summer. I don't know when it was. But it was our first one where we actually brought all the community group leaders together for a number of weeks and went through different things about what community groups are to look like at Windsor Community Church. That's fantastic. And so this is something that's going to go on and get deeper and deeper. Next slide. Continue, I think, to raise up leaders within the body for shepherding and counseling needs. And add staff as the Lord leads for growing ministry areas as they grow. That's, that's part of the DNA in Windsor Community Church also. All the leaders come from Windsor Community Church. That's why as we're rubbing elbows, everybody knows there's no difference between any of us. We've known each other forever. And as, as people pop, as people say, you know what, I really want to be, I want to be involved in what's moving and, and going on at Windsor Community Church. Then we see those and, and we can move them into places and watch them serve at greater and greater capacities. But they all get raised up from, from in our midst. Raise up and prepare youth leaders. We see youth is exploding in Windsor. So many young families, so many everything. Youth in Windsor is just exploding. And we need to be ready for that. And so raising up youth leaders and training them and getting them ready for this influx of kids. How do we lead all these kids to the throne and make it remove as many obstacles as we can from them coming to Christ? How do we do that? Prioritize and invest in families with young children. By continuing excellent children's celebration and mom's groups, we're going to be looking at people with young families. That's Windsor. That's Windsor. And so as we, as we look at the demographics of Windsor and where we're going to attach here, we know that so many of our body parts are going to have these young families. How can we bless them? How can we build them up? And then lastly on that built bullet, build a dynamic and Christ-focused music ministry. You know, this is really... Well, we saw it even this morning how this blesses all of us. We're, even our culture is just very music-oriented. And so this is a ministry that is going to bless a lot of people. And so we just know that this is a place we need to put energy in. Cultivate. Note that I'm going to read this whole thing because it's important these, the way these things are worded. We're going to build a dynamic and Christ-centered music ministry while cultivating a high view of God-centered worship as an integral piece of our personal lives and corporate gathering. We don't want you just coming here and doing your singing thing on Sunday. We want you to take that worship home and know that worship is something that you do all the time. All the time. Encouraging a missional lifestyle. How do we do that? Develop forums to pray for those around us. I heard Pastor Dan say that in his message last week about the thing that um, Pastor Tom had, the, the seven for heaven cards, where you're actually sitting and you're writing down the people that you are actively praying for. 
right? Maybe this is something you do in community group. Maybe it's something you do as a family. Who is it that you want to see come to Christ? That you have your, you already have your, your claws around. People that God has already brought into your life and has already created a relationship for you. Who is that? And are you praying for them? We want to encourage that. Praying for the community and those that you're building relationships with. And then start profiling and sharing testimonies of people that are doing that. There are some of us that are just extra gifted in this area. You never met a stranger. You have all these relationships. And and people are coming to Christ because of you. All of these things. We want you to come up here and share that. Because the word tells us to encourage one another on to love and good deeds. And as you say, oh, I had this barbecue. And this guy came over and he said... Tell me about Jesus. And I told him. And I've been praying for him for a month. And every one of us sitting out there can go, well, I can do a barbecue. I mean, I like my neighbor too. Maybe he'll ask me about Jesus if I pray. So we can see that because we're being encouraged on to loving good deeds. That's one of the beauties of show and tell, of testimonies. So profiling those people and profiling ministries that are active in this area. Like going to the, the nursing home or taking cookies to the, to the high school and getting to interact with some of the teachers there. Some of the different ministries that are already going on that there's some structure in place where you can just come on board and start meeting these people with redemptive purpose. And I love how Dan said it last week that it's not your ulterior motive. No. It's not your ulterior It's not your... I forgot the word. There we go. Thank you. It's your ultimate motive. It's not your ulterior motive. You're creating these relationships because you love people. If you don't love people, we have to have a different talk. But you love people and you want to see them into the kingdom. It is your ultimate motive for those relationships. And last, invest. Key word here. Invest in those that are passionately and consistently reaching into the community. Every year we put money aside in the budget for things that are going on that we can fund when, when you're doing an outreach in your neighborhood and when you're doing something that is creating these redemptive relationships. We want to get behind that. And so if there's a need that you have and you're doing these things, talk to your community group leader. Call somebody. Send an email. Say, I want to do this thing. It's all set up, but I'm going to be 75 bucks shy. And we can talk to you about that. There's money set aside. We want to invest in people that are continually doing this and, and seeing these relationships built. Move into a new facility. God gave me a lovely case study in this this week. One of my values, our values as a family, is to spend time with our kids. That's a value. It kind of seems duh. That should be all of our values if we have kids. We want to spend time with our kids. One of the ways we implement this value is on Wednesdays and Fridays. On Wednesday, I take Alex to breakfast and Donna takes Eric to breakfast. And on Friday, we switch them. And, and it gives us time to just sit down in a very controlled environment and talk. That's all it is. We've been doing this for 10 years. And it's just a, it's a beautiful thing. So, as usual, on Wednesday morning, I get my boy. I throw him in the pickup. And we start driving away. And we don't get all that far because... The rear seal in the transmission pops out and I'm sitting on the side of the road, dead. It's just a truck. But now I'm thinking right away, okay, uh, how do we get... So I, I have a cell phone, I call my wife and she comes and gets us. And Now we have to go back and, and get the other kid and then, and then go to breakfast. But we're going at the same time, but we sit in different places. It's really... Str- I have a strange family. So we're, we're sitting in different places in the, in the restaurant. Well, now it's Friday. 
And we have to do this again. And I've already spent three and a half hours ferrying people around. I'm not a taxi cab driver. I'm ferrying people all over the place. Why? Well, the truck's dead. And it's my value to see these things happen. So by golly, they're going to happen. It's my value. And it dictates what I do. But then I say, you know what? We can't keep doing this. And so right now, limited funds, we're saying, all right, somehow we have to free up the funds to fix that truck because it's important to get these things done. The question is, how does that fit into a church building? It's just a truck. It's just a building. But it's a tool to accomplish vision. That's what it is. That's all it is. Now, it's a tremendously important tool to accomplish vision because there's so many things that can happen in this building. But as you start, you know, even meeting here or having to meet all over town, the inconvenience, do you have to have a building? No. You don't have to. But if you don't, then a number of the things that you think are your vision need to be erased. You see that? Just like us, if we, if we do the one car thing for a while, we're going to have to say we can't do these things. That's just it. That's what has to happen. You can't have both. And so when we start thinking about a building, yeah, it's just a tool. It's a very important tool. And if we don't have it, there are a number of things on this sheet that we need to start erasing. And we think God's called us to those things. So a building is a tool to help us accomplish that. We had a meeting even this week to kind of start the planning and the, the kind of the phases of getting things drawn and figured out. All that's over my head, so I'm glad there's some very uh, wise people in our body that know all about building these kind of buildings. Um, some of the other things that you'll see happening here will be continuing to raise the funds needed for the construction and establishing and finalizing the design of the new building. So. One of the things that you'll see as we go on for the next couple of years is we're in the middle of this capital campaign. It's something that's happening because part of our vision is to move into this facility in five years. Or excuse me, less than five years. Our Part of our five-year vision is to move into a new facility because it is a tool, a very effective tool for accomplishing vision. Church planting. This really is underneath the bullet, expanding our current training, sending, and supporting capacity. But this is the bullet about church planting. Part of the DNA of Windsor Community Church, we were planted, we've planted Greeley, we're supporting numerous plants, and we hope to continue doing it. In fact, we hope to increase our ability to keep doing it. One of the things that we do is, and many of you probably already know this, we set aside 17% of our general giving. It goes directly into missions all the time. And that missions budget is used to plant churches, to support planted churches. It also is used to support people that are out, and we'll talk about world missions in a minute. But as we plant churches up and down the front range, that 17% is used to see these churches either supported or planted up and down the front range. Uh, excuse me, or Wilmington, wherever that the network begins to plant. How are we going to do some of these things? First, the supporting. Next, we need to relaunch the Pastors Institute. This is one of the things where we take people that are interested in leading churches or being even support leaders in churches and train them up so that everybody has a kind of a general footing 
before they come and open the word before a body or it's a place where they, they spend two years going through what we would consider kind of a seminary program that's in-house. And so we haven't been doing that for a little while. We want to relaunch that program so that as leaders come up, we'll have those leaders ready to either plant or be supporting plants or whatever. So relaunch that. Actively pursue new opportunities for planting, and that's either supporting the plant or if some of us are, are desiring to go plant in Johnstown, we'll see how the Lord leads that. Sending summer teams. This is exciting. Who's going to sign up for this one right away? Summer teams to go to Czech or Greeley and or Wilmington. <laughs> hey, we can send a summer team to Greeley. It cuts down on the cost, see. But wherever we have a church plant, it's possible that they need workers. They need helpers to do programs or things like for children programs in the summertime or, or whatever it is. We can help with that because we're established. Right, And so as these new plants get going, they need body parts. They need help doing that so we can help them with that. And then lastly, continue to invest in the Crossway Chapel network. And so that's a network that kind of sits as a backbone to all these churches as they're getting planted. And we put some funds into that because that's a place where it's, it's, a, it's a church birthing network. And then sharpen focus on world missions. Now, this is a direct correlation to body parts. We're a church planting network. And as long as I've been part of of Crossway Chapel, I've heard it. It's in the DNA that we're going to plant churches up and down the front range. And and that's the focus. And I get all into this focus. Okay, I see. This is what we're going to do. I got it covered. And then... God starts bringing missionaries. Why? And as we're praying for body parts and saying, God, bring the body parts as you lead us, and we pray this a lot, God brings missionaries. People for a, that have a, just a, an oozing heart for people groups that are not part of the front range of Colorado and up and down the I-25 corridor. They want to see us praying for the 1040 window and, and the persecuted church and all of these things. And there's so many of you that have an interest in this. Not an interest, that's the wrong word. That the Holy Spirit has just quickened you here. And like I said, as we look at the vision, we see that and we say, okay, God is moving here. We see that he's moving us in prayer. And he's, I, we see that he's bringing these people that have a heart for world missions in a big way. And those two things create a synergy that you better not ignore and so god what do you have for us there and so we're going to start looking say all right lord what does it look like then what does it look like so we're going to be setting up ways that we can pray for nations in community groups different things we'll be looking at this in fact we're going to set up a group of people that'll kind of oversee this and give us some guidelines as to what that what this should look like at windsor community church partner with other crossway churches to see churches planted in other places around the world. Czech Republic, that's kind of a focus point for us, but other places also. Create opportunities for short-term missions. Uh, Kids, pack your bags. Pursue opportunities to take the gospel to unreached people groups. And this is by training people, um, sending money, sending finances. What does it look like? Praying for them. What does it look like? That is the quick version of what Windsor Community Church is going to look like in five years. 
for the next five years. If a Martian were to land here at Windsor Community Church, that's what he would see. That's what he would see us putting our energy in. That's what if you take the books and you take the budget, that's where you see we're spending money. We're putting resources. We're focusing on these things. There's some other things that are coming in that that we've been doing well in the past. Those are going to keep going. But these are some laser-focused points that our church is going to be about. Now, um, we can ask the question, so what? That was a laundry list of stuff. What does this look like in our day-to-day? And so what we're going to do is we're going to have a bit of a conversation where all of these parts are going to just come together. Okay? And so let's see what this looks like in the day-to-day. Hey! How's it going? How's it going? We shouldn't shake with the left hand, but yeah. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Good. I, I heard that uh, you're going to that church that got blown over. Yeah, Windsor Community Church. You're, uh, you haven't visited before, have you? No, I haven't been there. I don't. My wife and I, we don't. We don't do the church thing. What are you guys doing now? You know, we are blessed. We, uh, you know, the building was uh, completely destroyed. And uh, haven't I seen you before at House of Windsor? I go to the House of Windsor every now and then, but. Always is my cost spot. I was thinking, yeah. Hmm. SU Cappuccino Corner, too? Yeah, if there's free Wi-Fi, I kind of go there every now and then. Yeah, I, I kind of like, I like those spots. I like those spots. Anyway, so you guys are, what, do, what is it you're doing there? You know, the, the church was completely, the building was completely destroyed. And uh, we've, we're meeting at a, a neat facility called Resurrection Fellowship. It's a, they have a Christian school, and they've, they've given the, the school to us uh, lock, stock, and barrel, uh, no charge. Wow, that's meantime, awful nice of them. Yeah, it is nice. In the meantime, we bought some land, and we're just trusting the Lord for when we can build on it. When, what do you, what's that look like? I don't know. Wow. <laughs> this is kind of an odd time to be trying to build a building. It is. A, it's an odd time. But we found that odd times, um, it's really an opportunity to trust the Lord. Mm. You know, we, we're just clinging that the, the, we feel like the Lord has led us to this property and to build. Um, we feel like if he has led us, he's going to provide it. He's going to provide the the financing for it. Oh, it's you know my wife and I we we've been kind of thinking about getting back into the church thing and and uh, it's kind of tough. We get real busy. I like to go and work out on Sundays. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought that was you. I saw at McDonald's last Sunday. <laughs> it's working out. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your church. What what do you guys do there? You know it is. Uh, I'll tell you, Chris, it is uh, the most wonderful group of people on the planet. Uh, we have a mission statement. It's leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And that one sentence really explains it all. We just so desire to see people come to Christ, a genuine relationship with Jesus. And we desire those who have already put their faith and trust in Christ to grow in Christ. In a nutshell, that's what we're all about. How do you do that? You know, we do that by just by uh, creating environments to... Um, to really fulfill our core values. And some of our core values are um, intimacy with Christ. That's really our number one core value because we, as we look around the church today in America and across the world, there's a lot of good teaching. You can, there's a lot of good books. There's a lot of good music. But what we're finding is that people are just, um, they're just snacking. And we so desire to see people grow in their intimacy with the Lord. That's kind of like us. We, we love to read books and maybe listen to 
there's this guy on TV that's got great hair. And, uh, but, yeah, I don't know, the intimacy, I'm not sure exactly what that looks like. You know, and there's, I don't mean to, to diss the books and all that. I love devouring Christian books and I listen to Christian radio. But the Lord wants so much more than that. You know, it's, it's, as I think you know, that uh, Jesus came down and became a man. And he willingly laid down his life for us, not just to forgive us from sin, but to call us into an intimate relationship with the Father. And uh, so we just want people to, to immerse themselves in God's Word. We want them to be dependent on God through the power of the Holy Spirit through prayer. And so that's really what intimacy is. So you guys, how do you, how do, you do that with your church? Do you have a, a school for your church people, or what is it you do to tell them all that? Yeah, we, uh, we, don't, have a, we don't have a school. We just, we've got uh, community groups, which are small groups, which, which is really where a lot of people, where a lot of us are equipped, mm-hmm. uh, where we pray for each other's needs where we, uh, we laugh, we have a good time, we, and we continue to, to have fellowship with each other, but in with fellowship in the Lord. Wow. That sounds like a, that sounds a little, uh, I guess the word I'm looking for is vulnerable. That sounds a little scary. Is the, if so, your church just has these little groups. Do you ever get together? We do. When a, when a visitor comes, typically what we'll do is we'll place them in a, on a stool in the middle of the whole group with a light over their head. And... and <laughs> You know, it, you know that we're not going to force anybody to be intimate beyond their comfort zone or to be vulnerable. But you know, we just want to be real. You know, it's, uh, my son Joey the other day. Um, he just said he's, he's just tired of being religious. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't want we don't want to be a religious group of people. We just want to be lovers of Jesus and lovers of people of each other. What does your Sunday morning look like? So my family really likes music, mm-hmm. and so kind of like some Beatles and some Beach Boys. Yeah. What is what does your what does your Sunday morning look like? Well, there's uh, I mean, there's a couple people that come to mind. There's um, uh, Chris uh, McCartney and um, Ringo Van Scoy. Uh, and uh, no, it's Sunday morning is uh, what we do on Sunday morning is we typically teach through a book of the Bible, and um, it's it's really like a gigantic Bible study, really, and we just teach verse by verse. Um, and then uh, we have uh, just God-exalting worship uh, with uh, the songs that we sing. Are really cont- a lot of them are contemporary music, but the words are really pointless and focus- focus- focusing us on our Lord and Savior Jesus. Oh, are you guys one of those churches that uh, can you hold this for trying to proselytize and and thank you, Mark. You're a good friend. Always telling <laughs> yuck. <laughs> so what is where's your church with you know the different uh, people around the world and and telling people about Jesus and all that yeah appreciate that you know we just we just set up a, a five-year vision um, we've really never had a five-year vision on paper before and I'm going to answer that kind of the, the long way but we've we've got core values we've got five or six core values that really that every decision we make uh, in spending money spending resources spending our time we we see how they dovetail with our core values. And um, so our vision for the next five years is that we really want to see churches planted uh, up and down the front range of Colorado. And it's kind of interesting because we're, we're in a church body where there's not a lot of, oftentimes church planting churches have a college in town hmm. where they're raising up young people and they're sending them out. And we've got a church of a bunch of awesome, Jesus-loving people 
but they're not necessarily that mobile where they're willing to pick up or able to pick up and go. But we still have a desire to see churches planted up and down the front range, and we're hoping that the Lord will burden people to go, or we may just be a supporting cast as a church. And we've also got a vision for missions around the world. Uh, we don't know what that looks like. Honestly, right now we've, we're supporting a church in the Czech Republic. We're supporting a young lady with YWAM, youth with, uh, uh, youth with a Mission in Norway, who is a young lady that grew up in this church, and now she's over there. And um, you know, we get a heart for unreached people groups like in India, Africa, that type of thing. And the Lord's brought in five, four or five missionary families into this church the last year. Hmm. And we can't help but go, you know, Lord, why are you bringing these families here? And what do you have for us? That makes sense. Every time I think your uh, my girl's basketball coach is, goes to your church, and mm. and I know some some folks from your church that uh, their kids go to my school, and I think they've invited me to dinner. I don't know four times. They always invite me on days I can't go, but it's it's interesting how often I get invited from people that go to your church to their house. They don't ever invite me to church. They always invite me to dinner. It's interesting. Yeah. Well, but I work out on those days. <laughs> you know, I, I've noticed you've got... Never mind. <laughs> uh, you know, that's, I really appreciate that. You know, we, um, there are a lot of newcomers that come to our Sunday morning service, and they're being invited. But we've really encouraged people to first build relationships with people. One of our... Um, core values is relational evangelism and uh, one of our that would do it that would do it and we just uh, we just so desire for this body to love people and to invite people to be a part of their of their mealtime their homes uh, uh, just enjoy life together um, and for them not to for their for their ulterior motive not to see them to, as a project but that our ultimate motive would, is, would be to see them come to a, a relationship with Jesus. Oh, well, it just might work. So, even though that may not have been totally natural, when someone asks, what about Windsor Community Church? The vision is the thing that's out of our mouth. The vision says, here's what Windsor Community Church looks like. Here's what we're putting energy into. If you were to come, this is what you would see. This is the makeup of the people because we as one church are unified under this and we're moving that way. So as we have, every one of us has those conversations and it often starts with, oh, you go to that church that got blown over by the tornado. I, I bet I've been told that 55 times in the last eight months or however long it's been. And it's a great opening for the next couple of lines. And as those next couple of lines go, you have the freedom to tell people what Windsor Community Church is about. We're gospel-centric, and here's what we look like. 